Hey, friends, good afternoon, and uh, thank you for joining us on Let's Talk Today. Mark Elfstrand here, and my uh, first guest on our program today is Joel Rosenberg. And uh, Joel is just a wonderful human being and a terrific writer. He has uh, written eight novels and five nonfiction books and nearly uh, three million uh, copies sold. And, and, and by the way, that makes him a New York Times bestselling author, so you don't, you don't mess with Joel. Joel, good, af- good afternoon, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Oh, the new one is out, The Third Target. Ah. It is. It is. And, and, and a little eerie in its timing. Yeah, well, that's the knack, the Rosenberg knack, is it not? Well, I don't aim for that. You no, know, I'm, I know. I'm trying to warn about things through these novels of things that could happen four, five, six years down the road, and but things are moving fast. Uh, this new novel is called The Third Target. It's about a New York Times reporter who hears a rumor that ISIS has captured chemical weapons in Syria and is planning attacks, and he's not sure, is that Europe, is that the United States, will that be against Israel or some moderate Arab ally in the Middle East, and, uh, and plus ISIS is hunting journalists in this novel. It's... Uh, so, you know, I pray that none of it happens, but it, it, it's very much like what is sort of emerging in the news right now. Okay, so you obviously are uh, talking about what has uh, happened in France here within the last uh, 36 hours and what, uh, you know, continues, that manhunt uh, still continues. What would you advise? I mean, you're a communications guy. What would you advise a newspaper and reporters about publishing anything about Muhammad? Well, uh... I, I, I shouldn't laugh because it's a very serious topic, but the my, my, that instinct uh, that you just heard was uh, the, um, the the double standard uh, is is sad. Look, I think every journalist, every publication, media outlet should treat each religion with respect. I don't think the media needs to be the arbiters of which is true. It should it should cover the news. It should cover. People, but it shouldn't um, shouldn't play favorites on the one hand side, and it shouldn't uh, downplay the threat of a radical faction of one religion, in this case Islam, um, and, and act like that's not a, a serious issue. I mean, this idea that uh, that that certain pub, uh, cartoons, for example, are triggered uh, attacks. Um, radical, you know, danger, you know, deadly attacks. Um, people ought to know, you know, what 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 it was that caused these attacks, and yet, because certainly the media, uh, you know, feels very comfortable to mock and attack Christianity, um, attack Jesus, attack followers of Jesus, but. No, they don't. They don't think that anyone's going to kill them for it. And of course, they wouldn't. So anyway. Uh, it's a it's a strange environment right now, yeah, but it is. But, but the the bottom line for me is that's not my main focus. My main focus is ISIS. This Islamic State is incredibly dangerous terror movement, even more dangerous than Al Qaeda. And I believe that if the Western alliance does not decisively defeat uh, ISIS in Syria and Iraq, that they are going to start moving and hitting other targets. Now, in the novel, which is called The Third Target, the question that my New York Times reporter is trying to figure out through his reporting is, what is the next target that ISIS is going to hit? Is it the United States? Is it Europe? Is it Israel? Is it some Arab country? What is that third target? Um, And how soon will they strike? 
and in the case of the novel, it's it's an even worse situation than than just AK-47s. It's it's chemical weapons. Uh, that is something that ISIS is clearly trying to find or build, uh, and that would be a, a worst case scenario. Okay, so most Americans though are probably not quite capable of telling you the big difference or any differences really between Al Qaeda and ISIS. What is the difference? Well. ISIS is, um, you know, started originally as Al Qaeda in Iraq, AQI. Uh, but then their commander, which was a Jordanian, uh, Abu um, Zarqawi, Abu Musab Zarqawi, was killed in an American airstrike. And what happened was a lot of people thought, well, Al Qaeda in Iraq got defeated. Their 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 top guy was killed, and then and then because of the surge policy and uh, uh, in Iraq over the last few years, we, we they seem to be done. But they they morphed into something new. They changed their name and they changed their objectives, and they actually took themselves, uh, they create a higher objective from their perspective, to create an Islamic state or a caliphate, a kingdom that would be a, a bloodthirsty, brutal, far more brutal than al-Qaeda ever was. So much so, Mark, that in, and then I'm not talking about my novel, I'm talking about what's really happening. Yeah, right. Al-Qaeda has actually repeatedly denounced ISIS for being too radical. Hmm. Now, you know, Al-Qaeda is denouncing ISIS for beheading people. Now, Al-Qaeda is one of the most demonic organizations we've ever known. The fact that they think that ISIS is too crazy, even by their standards, you know that, uh, that ISIS or the Islamic State is off the charts. Uh, this is a, a satanic organization that's not simply killing to, to, to create fear. In my view, they're, they're sacrificing people as sort of some sort of blood worship that, that is almost be, is really beyond our comprehension as Americans. Hmm. Well, when you started writing this, uh, the book, The Third Target, and by the way, again, for those just joining us, uh, Joel Rosenberg is with us, a New York Times bestselling author. And uh, by the way, uh, my wife uh, was talking to somebody about the public library to see if this book was available at a public library. And they right. said, well, the waiting list has started. We're at 30 right now. Oh, goodness. Wow. Yeah. So that was a... Just a little interesting tidbit for you. Uh, so there's a lot of interest, even though the book hadn't officially been uh, released. But you said that when, when you started writing this book, uh, you hadn't even heard of ISIS yet. I hadn't. Uh, I knew I wanted to start a new series of international political thrillers uh, with new characters, new focus. So I decided to go and visit two former directors of the Central Intelligence Agency that have become friends over the years, and sit down with them, each of them, separately, as it turns out, uh, to say, what do you worry about? You know, what keeps you up at night? What, yeah. what do you look at over the horizon? Something that's five years down the road, something. Well, I met with Jim Woolsey, who was CIA yep. director under uh, President Clinton, mm -hmm. and then Porter Goss, who was uh, the director of the CIA under President George W. Bush. <laughs> Both of them said they were worried about this, this al-Qaeda in Iraq changing into a new entity and becoming more dangerous, that they had the capacity to not only hit the United States, Europe, and Israel, but also Arab countries like Jordan, like Lebanon, like Egypt, and how dangerous that would be. So I sat down with a, the head, former head of Mossad, the Israeli intelligence services, and then I went to Jordan. And I actually sat down with the Prime Minister of Jordan, the Foreign Minister, uh, the Interior Minister, and several others. 
because I wanted to understand from an Arab Sunni Muslim perspective, uh, a moderate country on the front lines in the war against radical Islam, what do you guys think? How do you see the world? How do you see ISIS? And uh, it, it, the combination provided just a wealth of insight and information, and it's, I tried to weave it all together in the third target. Uh, one thought, when I sat down with the interior minister from Jordan in Amman, he said, is this going to be like a Tom Clancy novel? I said, well, I hope. He said, good. <laughs> Sit down, get your notebook out, and start taking notes, because your scenario, Joel, is what the king has appointed me to make sure never happened wow. in our country. So that was a, he gave me a lot of material to, yeah. to work with. Yeah, we're going to take a time out, and then we're going to continue our discussion here with, again, New York Times bestselling author Joel Rosenberg. And if you're already uh, having your appetite whetted, say, man, I want to read this. Again, the uh, title is The uh, Third Target. I believe it just uh, is releasing today. We'll find out more about that from Joel Rosenberg coming up right here in just a moment. Mark Elkstrand here. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. Joel Rosenberg, my guest, New York Times bestselling author of eight novels, five nonfiction books, but his new one that uh, just came out is The Third Target, and uh, it uh, is a New York Times reporter that uh, gets a wind of something that well, you just have to read the book to find out, but we're getting uh, some insights from uh, Joel on the background of this and how he uh, did his research and uh, such like that. The book officially goes on sale today, is that correct? Well, Tuesday. It oh, came Tuesday. Out. It's okay. A couple days now. Okay. So anyway, anybody can find it at bookstores just about everywhere. Absolutely, and including ebook format and audio. Okay. Very good. So, uh, who do you think are still our most likely allies in the Middle East? Well, Israel is by far, uh, in a way, the most faithful and trustworthy uh, ally that we have. Um, as you know, I, I'm a little bit biased uh, <laughs> because w my wife and kids and I, we just became citizens of the state of Israel, uh, technically dual citizens, uh, uh, the U.S. and Israel, uh, and moved to Israel in August mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the 4,538 missiles that were inbound. But that was God's plan for us, and we were very honored to do it. Uh, so Israel has been the most uh, trustworthy ally. But I would look at a country like Jordan as being a very uh, trustworthy ally, and, and, and a, an important one because it is a Sunni Muslim Arab country. The king of Jordan is under grave danger. ISIS hates him. They want to kill this guy. They want to overthrow the, the king of Jordan and raise the black ISIS flag in Amman. Why? Because because the king is fighting them, is defending, um, from his perspective, moderate Islamic values, and has got a close uh, alliance with the West, mainly the United States, but, and a peace treaty with Israel. So all of those things are horrific in the eyes of a radical jihadist, and so that's why they're trying to t take this guy out. But if Jordan got knocked out... Mm -hmm. um, you know, after Syria and Iraq, this would put radical jihadists right on Israel's border uh, and would overturn all the security architecture in that area. Now, Egypt is also a critical ally, though President Obama is not currently treating it as one. Uh, you have a new president, President al-Sisi, who, uh, and remember, the, the last guy was a radical Muslim the head of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Sisi was a general, the head of the Egyptian military, that overthrew the Muslim Brotherhood to regain some sense of order and, and sane control over the nation of Egypt. 
and yet President Obama has treated uh, Sisi and the Egyptian government as as the enemy, or not an enemy, uh, not a positive force, even though it rescued Egypt from the Muslim Brotherhood. So, but Al Sisi just gave a speech last week saying we need a revolution inside Islam. We need to take on the jihadists. We need to stop the extremists. He is uh, uh, doing everything he can to protect the Christians of Egypt, and he wants to form an alliance against Iran's nuclear program and against ISIS. He's doing that alliance with Jordan, the Saudis, Israel, and the Gulf states. But right now, uh, Washington doesn't seem to want to play ball with him. And I got to tell you, that is a strategic mistake. Mm. Well, and it doesn't seem like uh, uh, certain leadership in the U.S. is that keen on Israel uh, right now as well, which is also uh, quite interesting. So, well, we're going to take a, another uh, time out here, uh, Joel, and then we'll uh, continue our discussion. When we come back, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's now very familiar, Joel is, with uh, ISIS and uh, the way they think and, you know, the, just how brutal things are. How likely is it that we would see lone wolf kind of attacks by ISIS in this country on, on our soil? We'll talk about that with Joel and more on his book, The Third Target, coming up in just a moment. Right now, let's get an update on the afternoon commute. Mark Elfstrand here. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on uh, Let's Talk. My guest, uh, Joel Rosenberg, New York Times bestselling author and uh, his uh, brand new fiction novel called The Third Target, uh, actually uh, appeared in bookstores on Tuesday of this week. And uh, Joel, uh, just for those who are joining us uh, within the last few minutes, can you give us like a, a two or three sentence summary of the book? Sure. Uh, the New York Times bestseller, Oh, sorry, New York Times reporter uh, uh, J.B. Collins catches wind. Excuse me, <clears throat> catches wind of a rumor that ISIS, this Islamic State terrorist group, has captured chemical weapons inside Syria. He asks his editor if he can go in and try to interview the commander of ISIS on the ground in Syria. The editor says no, but he and his colleagues decide they're going to do it anyway, and they sneak into. Uh, war-torn Syria, and what they uncover is a plot to launch genocidal attacks against some new target. Now, ISIS is already trying to bring down the government of Syria. They're trying to bring down the government of Iraq. So the reporter is asking himself, what's the next target? What's the third target that ISIS is planning to launch these genocidal attacks? Is it, is it the United States? Is it Israel? Or is it some other country uh, or target? And that's essentially the essence of this new thriller just out this week, uh, the third target. Hmm. Okay, so your story, though, does weave again the likelihood of weapons of mass destruction being involved in here with terrorist groups. Uh, just based on the research you've done, do you think that this is true? Well, this is the big threat, uh, one of the threats, because, as you, as you may know, uh, Syria, uh, you know, we, we had this big controversy, right, of the last 10 years, did, did Iraq have chemical weapons? But everybody knew that Syria had massive amounts of chemical weapons, and we know that President Bashar al-Assad used those chemical weapons, uh, remember, just uh, about a you know, year and a half ago. So that became a huge story. President Obama was about to attack uh, Assad, and then, you know, 
some say flinch, some say you know, thought better of it, you know, however you see it. Um, we know that uh, people were dying in large numbers because of the chemical weapons Assad had. Now, the question became, what will happen to those caches of chemical weapons hidden all over the country? Hmm. The Russians stepped in with the United Nations and offered to help remove those chemical weapons so that the United States would not attack Assad, uh, and also to dismantle Assad's capacities to, uh, you know, continue to produce them. Now, a lot of us were skeptical. There is a general sense that overall that process has gone fairly well. But did Assad give up all of his chemical weapons? Did ISIS capture some of those weapons in the Civil War before, you know, uh, the U.N. came. There's a lot of questions, and I thought they were uh, uh, legitimate enough that I could turn them into a novel and imagine a scenario that we just pray really never happens, of course. Okay, so how about the lone wolf issue and uh, ISIS, you know, encouraging that kind of activity? And how likely do you think that that kind of thing could be uh, on American soil? It's increasingly likely. Uh, in fact, uh, we just, uh, I just commissioned a poll uh, with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's uh, pollster, who happens to be a friend of mine, uh, and we said, let's do a poll and find out what are Americans, how concerned are Americans about ISIS striking us here in the homeland? Yeah. And we found that 74% of Americans fear a, quote, catastrophic terror attack, unquote, by ISIS. Um, uh, and, and if they can use chemical weapons or biological weapons, Americans feel like they will. Now, th- that's the same set of concerns about our, our southern border, which is so porous, people are just streaming in. How do we know that some of them aren't radical jihadist terrorists bent on launching these types of attacks? That set aside the issue of lone wolf, like self-radicalized um, Muslims here in the country who might decide, you know, for the it, it, to to show solidarity with ISIS, that it, he, she, they should launch a series of attacks. Uh, it's amazing that it hasn't happened already. Although you could argue that Fort Hood and other places we have had um, uh, these lone wolf attacks at the the naval compound and the navy yard in Washington. So we, we've got we've got the makings of a very dangerous environment. And ISIS is on the move. It's drawing recruits all over the world. And Look, I'm concerned that the West, has, uh, and especially the president and his team, but Americans generally are getting complacent, that they're thinking, you know what, we're tired. We've been engaged in this battle against radical Islam since 2001. Couldn't it just be over? Well, that would be nice, except that the, the radical jihadists aren't tired. They're, they're drawing in new recruits with new energy and new blood, and they're ferocious. And they are not trying to just, you know, instill fear in us. They want to conquer us. They want to take over one capital, one city after another, and they're slaughtering anybody in their way. This is, this is a very, the stakes are incredibly high, and I, I wish it was just a, you know, a fictional, you know, political thriller. Unfortunately, it's all too real. Yeah. 
How does the uh, your book advance the kingdom of God? We've talked a lot about the political dynamic and the concerns here and, you know, the, the fiction thriller side of that. But sure. how does it advance the kingdom? Well, as you know, Mark, I try with all of my novels to, to weave in a spiritual dynamic. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in this novel, um, the reporter himself, mid-40s, divorced, not really interested in spiritual things. You know, he's got sort of this adrenaline rush from covering war and terrorism. He's part of the tribe, they call themselves, war correspondents. But he's, got, he's estranged from his uh, older brother. The brother is a believer, and in fact is, is uh, doing research in the Middle East on his sabbatical about some of the prophecies about some of the countries in that region, and what is God saying, and that's, he's doing that on his, his sabbatical. And so the, the, the relationship between these two uh, sort of, uh, you know, builds with the tension of the rest of the book, and I'll, I'll sort of leave it at that, but, yeah. but the brother sort of gives us an angle on something the reporter doesn't particularly care about or is not interested in, and yet as things get worse and worse, uh, he's got to reconsider. Do you have a contract for the next book yet? Yes. In fact, this is the beginning of a, of a series, and um, I'm uh, starting to map out uh, how, you know, as soon as I finish this tour, I head right back to Israel to write the sequel. Okay. And the due date although, on that? Although I have to say, Mark, that I'm already getting emails and tweets from people who are <laughs> mad at me that the next one isn't coming out next week. I, I, I can't work that fast. I wish I could. <laughs> well, my wife's one of them, Joel, just well, so you know. <laughs> drives her nuts. Well. That was her question. Well, Ask I, you know, people <laughs> read these things too fast. I, yeah, right. I, I can't keep up. Yeah, well, you're a good writer. God has gifted you in that area, but it is um, it is scary. Sometimes you get a little too close to truth uh, for a lot of us. So mm. anyway, thank you, my friend, and may God continue to bless your writing and uh, and your desire to serve God in this way. Thank you. And let's keep praying for the for the Christians and the Muslims who are really being slaughtered and, and on the yeah. run from ISIS in the Middle East right now, our persecuted brothers and sisters, as well as those who don't know the Lord Jesus yet. Yeah. Good reminder. Thanks again, Joel. Thank you. Joel Rosenberg. And again, the title of this is uh, The Third Target. And if, uh, again, we've whetted your appetite just a little bit, you can find it in bookstores, of course, and Amazon. And uh, you can even download the e-versions of all this. So just look for the title, The Third Target by Joel Rosenberg. Mark Elfstrand here. There's more to come on Let's Talk in just a moment.